baggage. What is baggage? And no, I'm not talking about what you lug through (laughs) the airport when you're on your way to um, a vacation destination. So um, even though that is the first technically two definitions of baggage. So according to (laughs) Merriam-Webster, baggage is a noun that means suitcases, trunks, and personal belongings of travelers' luggage. So that is the definition, but that's not what I'm speaking of. The second definition is transportable equipment, especially of a military force. And the third definition of baggage is intangible things such as feelings, circumstances, or beliefs that get in the way i.e. emotional and spiritual baggage. That is actually the baggage that I am talking about right now. (laughs) So right before Yahusha was arrested by the religious leaders in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was praying to his father Yahuwah. And he was apprehensive about what he was about to go through, which is why he starts to sweat blood. However, this is the picture of how we are to go to Yahuwah with our spiritual and emotional baggage. All right, let's get into it. So it's great to be back. Um, (laughs) As I stated in the last episode, we're kind of going down the other side of this hill that we call healing. So today we're going to be focusing on the emotional and spiritual baggage that a lot of us are still holding on to, Um, (laughs) even still after going through this process of healing. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, if you want to, you can pause so you can get yourself together because I am going to be reading some script. Um, if you want to go get your, your safer, your Bible and be reading along. So I'm going to be coming from Luke 22. I'm coming, I'm going from 39 to 46. So Luke 22 verses 39 to 46. Coming out, he, this is talking about Yahusha, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed saying, father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from the prayer, I mean from prayer, and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray lest you enter into temptation. So it was a whole lot going on in that script. Um, one of the things that Ruach HaKodesh was pointing out to me was when he said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then it says an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. So he came to his father and his father in turn gave him strength. Then it shows you that he was sweating blood, great drops of blood falling down from to the ground were starting to come out of his pores because of the agony that he was feeling about what was about to to happen to him. Like, 
you gotta understand this picture. Like he was, he knew that he was about to be falsely arrested and put on death row to face the death penalty. So he had to go to his father to get prepared for that. And then when he comes back, he founds, he finds his Talmudine, his disciples asleep and they were sleeping. This says from great, I mean, well, it says he found them sleeping from sorrow. So that to me, and this is just my speculation, sounds like depression. You know what I'm saying? And what did he say to them? Why do you sleep? Rise and pray lest you enter into temptation. So he's telling you, listen, you need to talk to the father. He just came from talking to the father. And like what he was about to go through was far worse than what they were going to go through after his um, ascension into heaven. It was still bad what they went through, but he's like, yo, (laughs) you need to go do what I just did. Rise and pray. So Yahushua not only prayed because he was in anguish, but he also advised his disciples to do the same. He was about to be falsely, again, I just want to just keep laying this out there. He was about to be falsely arrested and put on death row facing the death penalty. So let's let's talk about emotional and spiritual baggage because I doubt any of us have that level of emotional and spiritual baggage. Not to diminish what any of us have going on because to us, Whatever we have going on seems bigger than the world. But that's why Yahusha has me here telling you that he's bigger than what you got going on, what we have going on. So in the next chapter, because I said that was what, Lucas or Luke 22. So in Luke 23, we see Yahusha being mocked and accused, but he spoke nothing. Another example of this is in Matthew Yahoo or Matthew 27. I actually like that version better because it goes more into detail. But as he's being accused by his brethren, okay, like he's being accused, falsely accused. And it said he spoke nothing. He had nothing to say. But what did we just read in the chapter previously? He went to his father and his father sent an angel to strengthen him. So now he has the strength to stand and face his trial and tribulation and he doesn't even have to defend himself. Like he didn't say anything. And I'm, whoo, y'all just don't understand. I'm excited about this this uh, episode because this has been a lot of revelation that Ruach HaKodesh has been giving me. And here's a little side note that I just wanted to add because it was something that Ruach HaKodesh showed me that was very profound. And I was like, whoa, it just had me in awe of Yahushua, okay? So we just read that he didn't say anything. But if you go to Revelation chapter 19, starting at verse 11, it talks to you about Yahushua. That's when it talks about Yahushua coming back and fighting the kings and the nations of this world. And it says that out of his mouth proceeded a sword. And that's the same sword that he goes, and I know I'm saying sword. I don't know why, but that's the same sword that he uses to slaughter the kingdoms of this world. So I want y'all to see the picture of the grace and mercy of Yahusha Hamashiach, of Yahuwah Zavao, by him not speaking. Because if he comes back and he opens his mouth and it kills everybody that's not part of his kingdom, just imagine if he had opened his mouth then. But it's also a picture to us because if his word is on our lips out of the abundance of the heart, the lips speak. If his word is on our lips and then we go and we speak, his word, but we use his sword because that's what his word is. We use his sword in an unrighteous way, meaning that we're speaking out of our own spiritual and emotional hurt, which is the baggage that we're talking about. Then we're liable to really damage another person because his word is powerful. 
is sharper than any two-edged sword able to it's able to divide joint from marrow i think is what it says don't quote me on it go read it for yourself you can look it up you can google it if you need to but (laughs) the point is he knew how powerful his words were you know i'm saying like how powerful are we when we say his word so this is another reason why it's important for us to take the plank out of our eye and submit ourselves to yahuwah well, submit ourselves to Yahuwah so he can take the plank out of our eye before we go to other people so that we're coming in his name and not our own. Name being nature, character, authority, okay? It's very important because you can really mess somebody up if you're not coming in the right name. So ask yourself, am I able to be falsely accused without defending myself? And if not, why? What emotional and or spiritual Uh, baggage are you still holding on to and why are you still holding on to these things these are all rhetorical questions that i'm asking you that you need to go to the father and ask him you know i said to ask yourself this but ask the father this (laughs) because a lot of times we we like to lie to ourselves to make ourselves feel better so the first episode of this podcast is called child let go and it was meant to show whomever listened that there was a need to let go of our emotional and spiritual baggage The episodes in between were to walk with you, the listener, through the realization of the trauma tormenting you to prepare you to let it go. And understand, um, the message is always for the messenger first. So all the stuff that Ruach HaKadosh had me saying to you was stuff that he had me going through or he either had me currently going through it before I made the episode or he already sent me through it. So understand, I'm saying you, but I mean us. Um, And it's something that you are going to continuously have to go through. So just because some of the stuff I've already gone gone through doesn't mean I just throw my hands up in the air and say, yeah, I've made it because (laughs) none of us have made it until we actually make it. (laughs) So now it's time to let go. Again, more questions for Ab. Ask him to take it away so that it's his will that's done in and through you and not your own, just like we saw Yahushua did. That's the example that we have of Yahushua in the Garden of, Gethsem- Garden of Gethsemane. Um, not that of the disciples. I mean, there is an example of the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane because that's how most of us naturally are. <laughs> but he's showing us how we need to be. So if you turn to James um, chapter 1, again, if you need to pause this and get to it, James 1, 22 to 25 reads, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So you remember I... I talked about you know sometimes we deceive ourselves um for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer i'm sorry but does of the work i think i wrote that down wrong but does (laughs) but does but a doer of the work. Yeah, I did write that down wrong. I wrote, I wrote, but a does of the work. <laughs> but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. So what work is he talking about? What work is James talking about? You know what I'm saying? It's the work that we've been doing on these episodes. <laughs> He's talking about the processes. I mean, nowhere does it say the process of salvation, but that's basically what we're going through. We have the immediate chains broken off of us by being set free um, 
Yahusha sets us free. He's the word of Yahuwah in the flesh. He sets us free. But then we have a work that we have to go through. What does he say? Anyone who wants to be my Talmudim or my disciple must deny himself, pick up his execution stake and follow me. So he's letting you know there's a work. <laughs> there's a work that you have to go through. So hearing Yahuwah's words and then doing what his word says is how you are set free. Yehukanan or John 8 and 36 says, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Okay. <laughs> so the son is Yahusha. And if he makes you free, you will be free indeed. So if Yahusha sets you free, which is what he did on that execution stake for everybody, he already set us free. Okay. We just have to come into that agreement with the, um, covenant that we have that he had with his father that we should have through him so we come into agreement with that covenant we are free okay also yuhukanon 6 and 63 says or john 6 and 63 says it is the ruach or the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing the words that i speak to you are ruach and they are life so he's telling you that nothing of the flesh is the flesh is death okay He's letting you know that the spirit, the words that he is speaking to you are of Ruach HaKodesh and, they, and Ruach HaKodesh is life. He gives you life, which is why we have to be born again. So there's a lot of script in these last few episodes because the son, Yahushua, who is the word of Yahuwah in the flesh, makes you free, not me. So it is my job to now bring you the one that sets you free because I ain't him. <laughs> I need him just like everybody listening. So if you go back to Genesis chapter one, you'll see Yahuwah creating the plants, the animals of the air, the animals of the land and the animals of the sea. Everything Yahuwah created produced after its kind. So when it talked about the plants, it said the plants produced after its kind. It said that the land animals produced after their kind, the sea animals produced after their kind, the air animals produced after their kind. So a bear produces a bear, a hawk produces a hawk. Walk with me on this one. So if you turn to Matthew 7, starting at verse 15, it says, beware, and I'm going to go to verse 20, beware false prophets. So I'm going to stop there. These are the voices. What voice are you listening to? He's telling you to beware of the voices that you're listening to. Remember the last episode was voices. <laughs> There's a reason why Ruach HaKodesh is having me to do these things, you guys. This is not me. This is not my will, not my plan. So hallelujah for that. So beware of the false prophets, i.e. voices, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So basically, Yahusha said the tree will produce after its kind, just like the imagery, imagery we see in Genesis chapter one. If you are, if you plant an apple tree and then sit and wait for an orange tree to grow out of the ground, that's foolishness. <laughs> an apple tree is going to produce an apple tree. Just like if, you, if you're if you a woman and you get pregnant, you're not going to give birth to an alley cat. <laughs> you're going to give birth to another human being because that's what you are. And so on and so forth. So Yahushua said this to Nicodemus in John 3 and 3. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of Yahuwah. 
But then he goes on to say, if you skip down to verses five and six in the same chapter, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Ruach, he cannot enter the kingdom of Yahuwah. That which is of the flesh is of, no, that which is of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Ruach is Ruach. So he's saying the same things, okay? He's saying that the flesh can only produce the flesh and the Ruach can only produce the Ruach, which is why like when we're first born, we're born in the flesh, okay? We are born into sin. Sin is the sinful, of the flesh is the sinful nature, okay? So when we are first born from our mother's womb, we are born in flesh, which means the only thing we can produce is more flesh. The reason why we need to be born again in the Ruach via the baptism of Ruach HaKodesh is so that we will produce the spirit, the Ruach. So if you go, I'm not going to read it, but if you go to Galatians chapter 5, Read from 19 to 26 to see what the works of the works of the fruit of the flesh is versus the fruit of the Ruach. Okay. And this is what Yahusha is saying in Matthew chapter seven. Like if you see the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the Ruach, then you know what tree, what type of tree you're dealing with. Now, this is something that has to be done consistently. You can't meet somebody one time and say, oh, well, they're of the flesh because now you can say that they're operating in the flesh in that moment but you can't say they're of the flesh by meeting them one time because you might just be meeting them in a bad at a bad time you know what i'm saying like if you were to meet me the summer of 2021 like some of the people that might be listening to this podcast i didn't i didn't give off the fruit of ruach Kadesh. i was going through some things you guys and i was in a very angry and bitter place because that was my heart circumcision taking place so yahuwah had been showing me myself and i talked about this in some of the earlier podcast episodes he was showing me myself and that put me in a place of you know, no one likes to be told that they're they're raggedy <laughs> no one likes to be told that so if you were to meet me right then you would be like oh like <laughs> <laughs> she she raggedy that's what she probably would have said not knowing that I was going through a process so we can't just meet somebody one time and be like oh well they're not in the Ruach they're not of the Ruach we can say in that moment whether or not it's Ruach HaKodesh speaking or their flesh speaking but we can't determine exactly who they are um the false prophets that Yahushua is talking about in Matthew, Matthew 7 you gotta think about it. A prophet is someone who's always saying, thus says Yahuwah, thus says Yahuwah, thus says Yahuwah. So this is someone that's constantly speaking. So the eye, the imagery that we're given there is, is something that you're observing over a period of time, okay? No rash decisions being made there. So ask yourself, am I flesh or am I Ruach? Ask Yahuwah as well. And no matter what your answer is, you should then have a heart to heart with Yahuwah. Because a lot of times we feel like, you know, if if Yahuwah comes back with this, with the right answer, the right answer being if you are of the Ruach, a lot of people think that, you know, if we get it right, then we're just supposed to, you know, wait until we get it wrong and then we go to Yahuwah. No, that's your opportunity to praise and thank him and stay like the more time you spend with him, the more you'll stay in the Ruach. You see what I'm saying? So no matter what he tells you after you ask that question, you need to go to him. Okay. 
Because <laughs> if you're not in the Ruach, you need to get in the Ruach. And if you are in the Ruach, you need to stay in the Ruach. So it's very important, no matter what, go to him. When Yahushua told his disciples to first take the plank out of your eye before you see fit to remove the speck from your brother's eye, he's talking about holding yourself accountable for your own emotional and spiritual baggage so you can then go produce after your kind, which should then be the Ruach and no longer the flesh because you have submitted yourself to the flames okay <laughs> and like i said it's an ongoing process but the more you're the more you're submitting yourself the better you'll get at submitting yourself which means the more you'll be walking in ruach HaKodesh versus walking in your flesh okay and our trials and tribulations are meant as a way for yahuwah to show us the true reflection of our hearts so we can submit our hearts to him for him to circumcise or cut away the excess flesh from our hearts all right um, I know that I had done a YouTube video that was talking about trimming the fat and in the old covenant. And I want to say that I may have made a podcast episode about this. I can't remember if I did, then you already know what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna say it again anyway. <laughs> so the animal sacrifices that they, the Israelites were told to do in the old covenant or in the covenant. I like to call it the covenant and the renewed covenant because it's the same covenant. It's just been made new. That was the new thing that Jeremiah was talking about. But anyway, <laughs> so the Levitical sacrifices of the animals that was spoken of in the covenant the animals, one of the things that, that Rakakadeh showed me was every time they were to make a sacrificial offering, they were to take the fat and the fat portion of that animal was meant to be Yahuwah's portion along with other parts of the animal that was considered useless. And only the nutritious parts of the animal was what was supposed to remain. But like I said, the fat portion and the other useless portions of that animal, it said that they were Yahuwah's portion. So that's the same thing that... Paul is talking about in Romans 12 and 1 how we're supposed to um, present ourselves as a living sacrifice so we're supposed to submit our heart to him so he can take so he can trim the fat from around our heart that is the circumcision that he's doing he's cutting away the excess flesh the unnecessary flesh that has nothing to do with our hearts like if you cut it away, it's not going to hinder the function of our heart but if it stays there, it might hinder the function of our heart <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's useless. It, it doesn't help us in any type of way. So the biggest thing that keeps our emotional and spiritual baggage in our lives is unforgiveness of others and ourselves. I want to point that out because we think that we don't need to forgive ourselves. When I backslid, my biggest problem was me because I was self-condemning myself. That's unforgiveness of myself. And when you have unforgiveness in your heart, that means you have doubt in your heart because you don't believe that whom the son makes free is free indeed. Because you don't believe that by his stripes, we are healed. Because you don't believe that he died and rose again for the remission of your sins. That is what unforgiveness says. And it's a, it's a sin. Unforgiveness is actually a sin. Because again, it's saying that you don't believe him at his word. You don't believe he is who he says he is. So guess what? If you don't believe, you can't receive the gift of salvation that he is. Which means you will be left to pay for the price of your own salvation for yourself. And guess what? None of us, none of us <laughs> can afford it. Which is why it's going to be so many people burning in the lake of fire and that still won't pay the price the amount of people that's going to burn 
still won't pay the price of what Yahusha paid. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. So again, starting from the beginning of this podcast all the way up until now, we were just talking about like basically Ruach HaKodesh had me showing you that there was a need for this. And now it's time for you to let that stuff go. It's time for you to really do the work and submit yourself to it. And again, our trials and tribulations are meant as a way for Yahuwah to show us the reflection of our own hearts so that we can submit them to him. Because it is his will that none should perish. If that's his will that none should perish, we should start looking at the things that we're going through, not as a punishment, but as a blessing. And I know that's like, what? A blessing? Because some people have gone through the death of, the, of a child or a parent. Some people have go, are going through infertility. Some people are going through some really bad and horrible things. But here's the thing. One thing I remember Yahusha saying is it is better. Like if, you're, if your hand causes you to sin, it's better for you to cut it off and enter into the kingdom maimed than it is for you to die a whole sinner. I'm just, um, <laughs> I'm summing up what he said, but that's the, the, the gist of it is you don't know why it is that he might have allowed this to happen in your life. Sometimes, and I'm just throwing it out here. This is completely hypothetical. So please don't say, well, that's not true. Um, this is hypothetical. Sometimes we idolize people and don't realize it. And Yahuwah takes those people from us. Now, whatever their relationship was with him before he took them, like that's between him he, him, and them. But we never know the reason why he allowed something to happen. We never know the, the we don't know. And it's not for us to know per se, but it's for us to know that whatever it is, even if it seems horrible, it's for our good. It's for our good. And the enemy wants to convince us that it's not for our good. And that's when we start winding up in depression, just like the Talmudian, the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, they fell asleep from sorrow. Fell asleep is metaphorical for you falling asleep spiritually. What did Yahusha say when he went to raise Eleazar, Lazarus, from the grave? He told his disciples, he said, he's not, a, he's not dead, he's asleep. Well, yeah, he said he's not dead, he's asleep, but he told them that he had, <laughs> he told them that he had died, but he was like, nah, he's asleep. At first he said he's asleep and they misunderstood what it was that he was saying. And then he was like, no, dude, he's dead, but he's not asleep. I mean, he's dead, but he's not dead. <laughs> I'm messing up my words, but I know y'all understand what it is I'm saying. He was like, no, he's, he's dead, but he's asleep <laughs> because Yahuwah is not the Alahim of the dead. He's the Alahim of the living. So even those who have passed away physically, if they are in him, if they are in Yahuwah through Yahusha Hamashiach, then they're still, they're just asleep right now. They're asleep awaiting for him to return. Okay. That's the reason why in first Thessalonians chapter four, it says, and the dead in Mashiach, he had to throw that in Mashiach. They're dead in Mashiach, meaning that they died in his, for his name's sake. And they were in they were in covenant with him. They weren't just people that he didn't say in the dead will rise first. He said the dead in Mashiach will rise first. He, he made a distinction between who was rising. Then those who of us who are alive and remain will be caught up in the air to be with them. Okay. I'm going to stop because 
that's all I have for you guys today. <laughs> but I I will leave you with these words. It's going to be a lot of scripture that I start to spew off in just a moment. So if you want to, please take your time, take this time to get a paper, a pen, or whatever it is that you need to write these down. And these are scriptures that are just talking about forgiveness, burdens, hope, and love. Okay. And that's why it's so many. And if you need to meditate on these scripts as much as you need to, and, um, I think I just lost what I was about to say, <laughs> but yeah, meditate day and night on it. Oh yeah. Todah Ruach HaKodesh. Make sure you're not just reading the, the one or two verses that I put on here, but if you, I mean, read the entire chapter, it's always good to get the full context of what's being said. I'm giving you part of what's being said, but you need to, it's up to you to go back and eat of his word, because if you're not eating of his word, there's no way that you can be of Ruach HaKodesh. Okay. You're going to be of your flesh. All right. So here is the scripts. Uh, Psalm 34, 18. Second Corinthians 12 and 9. Romans 8, 28 to 29. Hebrews 13 and 14. Romans 12, 9 to 21. Philippians 1, 16. I'm going to pause right there. Romans 9, I mean, Romans 12, 9 to 21 is talking about... Um, not repaying evil to people, but Yahuwah having, he'll take revenge for you. So I really want you guys to key in on that Romans 12, 9 to 21, that I really want you to focus in on that one. Psalm 27 and 13, Lamentations 3 and 23, 1 John 4 and 18, 1 Peter 5, 7 to 8, Philippians 4 and 8, Psalm 62 and 8, Matthew 7 and 5, but I recommend you read that entire chapter as well. Matthew 5, 43 to 48, but I also recommend you read that entire chapter because the first part, 1 to like 12, is the Beatitudes. So I do recommend you read the entire chapter of Matthew 5. Proverbs 23, 17 to 18, Luke 6, 31. Ephesians 4, 17 to 32, Mark 11 and 25, Matthew 18 and 21. And read that entire chapter because if I'm not mistaken, in Matthew 18 is where it talks about the unmerciful servant. So this is a picture of you being unforgiving and unloving and so on and so forth. And what will happen if you continue on, even if you're, if, even if it's you, you're not forgiving. Okay. First John 2, 1 to 12. 1 Peter 4 and 8, 2 Chronicles 2 and 14, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Acts 3 and 19, Hebrews 4 and 16, Isaiah 53 and 5, and I would recommend read the entire chapter of Isaiah 53, James 4 and 17, also read the entire chapter of James 4. Um, verse seven is where it talks about submit yourself to Yahuwah, resist the devil and he'll flee. A lot of people forget the first part, which is submit yourself to Yahuwah, which is what this entire podcast is based around. <laughs> Joel two and 13, Proverbs 28 and 13 and Romans three and 23. All right, you guys. Um, unfortunately I will not be able to leave these scripture references in the, um, 
description of this podcast episode. It doesn't give you that um, that many characters to write a description. However, if you would like for me to send you these scripture references because maybe you decided not to pause it, maybe you're in a place where you couldn't pause it and so on and so forth, you can always reach out to me at replenishme at gmail.com. R-I-P-L-E-N-I-S-H me at gmail.com and I will be glad to send you these scripture references including the ones that I used in the podcast that I didn't read just now. Um, now I'm not going to lie to you. Some of the things that I said to you scripture wise, um, it was something that Ruach Kodesh did on the fly while I was recording this. So understand I myself might have to go, but like there are some scriptures that I might not be able to send to you or I might not send to you simply because I forgot that I even said it in the, the episode. So, so it's up to you to find those scriptures for yourself. But anyway, I pray that you're having a wonderful day today. I pray that these episodes have really been helping you and that you are being set free because the enemy wants to drag you down to the pits of hell with him. And we're just not going to have that. Okay. (laughs) So without further ado, you guys have a great rest of the day. I love you. And until next time, Shalom Alakim.